You're listening to the Healthy Creative Ministry Podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative ministry from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. How can I improve my communication ministry's reputation? That is the question that we are going to navigate today on this week's episode of the Healthy Creative Ministry Podcast. I am really excited about this question because this was my life for uh, really two seasons in particular in my career, dealing with and, and navigating this problem of reputation. I remember when I first was moved into the role of managing our communications ministry, and we were working on some projects, and someone came up to me and said, hey, Matt, um, I, I just want to let you know, one of the ministry teams uh, had me in their meeting, and as they were brainstorming a new concept for Uh, a new ministry initiative, they actually said, how can we plan this in a way where we don't have to work with the communications team? And I remember just being stunned, thinking to myself, what in the world has gone on that our reputation would be so bad that people didn't want to work with us? That is an awful place to be as a leader to recognize that this was the condition of the team that you are now leading. But it's also a miserable place to be if you're a ministry leader, to know that you have a communications team that just is frustrating or challenging to work with. And so whatever role you play in the creative ministry space, I want you to hear that it is possible to improve your reputation. And I wanna walk through some, some ideas some things that I have tried over the years that have been really, really successful for me. Not all of them apply in every season, and I think you'll kind of understand that as we go along. But let's start where we should always start, and that's with our own hearts. Pray. Pray for the people that you work with. One of the things that I have found over the years is that my heart is often the reason that we have a bad reputation or that I have a bad reputation. It's because of things that are going on in my own heart. Scripture tells us a lot about that. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. That idea is so true in these day-to-day interactions that we have. The starting point for improving the reputation of your communications ministry or your creative ministry is to pray. Pray for the people that you work with. Pray for the relationships that you have with them. Go even a step further and pray for the ministries that you're supporting. For me, it's kind of this idea of if you have four different ministries represented in terms of projects that you're working on right now, spend some time in the morning and pray for them. Or if you're a little bit more on the execution side, maybe you're a designer or you write copy or you you know, plan social media, pray for them as you're doing that work. Pray for the ministries that you're working with. Once you begin there, once you begin with prayer, your heart begins to move in a good direction. This is a list of things that you can do But I want you to hear that this is not a a shallow list of things that you can do. This is not a Band-Aid fix. These are deeper. So start with prayer. Pray for the people that you work with. The next one, this is a little bit more situational. If uh, you've inherited a team, if you've stepped into a team, maybe the, the previous communications person or creative person has left the role. Now you're stepping into it and you're seeing that there is a bad reputation. This sometimes comes off as a surprise, but I'm actually a big fan of apologizing apologizing on behalf of the experience that these ministry leaders have had at the hands of the ministry that you're now providing oversight to. I'm really sorry that in the past the communications ministry has not been uh, kind to you or has been uh, not been effective, not gotten done what you need to get done. 
In some cases, we've even made it harder for you to accomplish the ministry that you've been assigned to do and that God has called you to do. So I just want, I want to let you know that I apologize for that. I don't want that to happen. I see that, and I see that that is unacceptable. And we're going to try to make adjustments in order to address those things. And then what you can do in that conversation is invite them to partner with you in solving the problem. Hey, can you, can you let me know when we miss the mark? Can you let me know if we drop a ball that's important to you? What you're doing there is you're, you're both acknowledging that there's a problem, you're calling it out, you're letting them know that this is not the way that you want this relationship to go, and you're also asking them to partner with you in making it better. It's a great approach to let people know that you are serious about changing the way that your, your team, your department functions. Next, listen before you speak. I have found that the, the longer I'm silent, the better my chances are <laughs> for, for not offending somebody. It's been a practice that I have uh, adopted for quite some time now. And the longer I listen and the less I speak, the better things tend to go. There's a piece of that we're going to talk about a little bit more directly here, but you're allowing other people to speak while you're not speaking. There's something to that. That's, that's a really important piece of that. In fact, in line with that, here's another uh, mindset shift that I think is very valuable for you uh, in this pursuit. Change your mindset from being the world's best oboe player and instead think of yourself as a conductor, conductor of an orchestra. As a, as a graphic designer, I was trained to really pursue my craft and to be as good as possible at it. And that was a real point of, of tension for me serving in ministry because I thought I was supposed to be the expert but ministry is not a solo kind of industry or a solo kind of thing. Ministry happens with a lot of people working together. And so when we take on this mindset of we're the only person who should be doing X, Y, or Z, from a trade perspective, you might be right, but that's not going to help your reputation in ministry. In fact, that will continually alienate you. It will continually back you into a corner and it will continually put up walls between you and everyone else. And that's going to damage your reputation. That's the bottom line. So think of yourself as a conductor, not the world's best oboe player. One of the practical ways that you can do this is invite other people into creation. When you have conversations with people around the office, you can think about some people are more creative than others. There may be a volunteer that jumps to mind. There may be somebody on staff who's not in a creative role, but has good creative ideas bring them into a meeting, bring them into a creative session. If you're going to be planning Christmas together, bring them in. When you bring other people into the creation process, what you're doing is you're opening your hands and an open-handed communications ministry or creative ministry is one that will have a better reputation. It doesn't mean that you have to use every idea that's being suggested by somebody other than who's on your team or assigned this role in your organization, but it does mean you're going to have much more diverse ideas and the reputation of your team will improve because it's clear that you want others to participate in what's happening. Now, part of this is being willing to experiment. Sometimes that means trying somebody else's idea. Somebody may have a good idea in a brainstorming session, but you're not quite sure how it's going to work in real life. Well, that's part of bringing other people into the conversation. So as you grow in your ability or your willingness to experiment, again, you're going to be setting the stage for your reputation to improve. 
Now, whenever I mention this idea, the pushback is always the same. And I, I was the, the first one in line to share these hesitations or, or concerns. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I'm going to get in trouble if it doesn't work. Or the ministry leader in charge is going to be mad at me. Well, if Christmas isn't good this year, I'm going to hear about it. And I don't have the emotional energy to just listen to all of these complaints. Look, I get it. I remember one Easter, we put out a video, and it was meant to be a little bit more abstract and artistic. And so we put it out there. We spent a lot of time investing in it. I thought it came out really well. And I remember in the morning, we walked into our staff prayer meeting, and I heard snide remarks as I was walking by. Oh, how about that video? Huh? How about that thing? This is why we're afraid of experimentation. This is why we're afraid of risk. But something that I've learned is that when I model that it's okay to experiment and that it's okay for us to miss the mark every once in a while, other people begin picking up on that. So see, our tendency as, as communications or as creatives is to really be hard on other people because we ourselves feel like we've been, you know, people have been hard on us. We can actually shift that behavior across the organization by being gracious when something doesn't work. So that's another practice that when your ministry is finding itself in a spot where people just don't enjoy working with you, there's a good chance it's because you're harsh with them when something they try doesn't work. Or if they've gone rogue and something doesn't work, you you rub it in their face a little bit or you let them know, oh, well, if you would only use the comm team, huh, right? Oh, if only you had used productions, right? Then you wouldn't have had that issue in your event. Well, that's not very kind and that's not very gracious. So let's figure out a way to be gracious rather than saying, oh, those things didn't work because you didn't use us. Lean in and say, man, I'm really sorry that that happened. That's a bummer. Let's see if we can figure out a way to resolve that in the future. Is there something that I can do to help you solve that problem? Such a different posture. And what it does is it makes me want to have a conversation with you more to get your support as opposed to, I hope they never find out about it. It's a terrible posture to have in ministry. Beyond being gracious when something doesn't work, I'm going to say let's go on the offensive a little bit here. Let's actually find ways to encourage others. So I like going, you know, you could talk about the event, you could talk about the ministry, but I like going beyond just that was a nice word that you asked me to put on this flyer. I mean, man, I'm really excited about this event that you're planning I think that the, the people in this area really need this kind of thing. And I'm just really excited that we're going to be offering that as a church. It's a great encouragement to a ministry leader. I also like going further than that and talking about this person being somebody who's in charge of that ministry as a whole. Man, I, this is such a needed area. And I can just tell by your gifts and, and by our interactions that you are such, that you're just the perfect person to be leading this ministry. So I'm just, I'm excited that you're here, that you're doing this, and that I get to be a part of that by promoting this event with you. Let me know if there's anything I can do to be helpful, you know, beyond what we've already talked about. Taking the time to be appreciative of the people that God has brought to your church, it's an important thing. The people that you serve alongside won't be there forever, and you probably won't be there forever. When you become appreciative of today, it really changes the way that you interact with people. And I know your today isn't perfect. That's fine. That doesn't mean that we can't be kind and respectful and caring to the people around us. One other thing that's a, a pretty foundational challenge for, I think, most creatives 
And I don't know if this is, this is just how we're wired or if nobody has ever told you what I'm about to tell you. But you don't have to have all the answers. I think sometimes we are viewed as the people who have all the answers. Uh, I was at dinner not that long ago with my parents. My mom comes up and says, here's our phone, fix it. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, I don't use that kind of phone. I'm an iPhone guy and this is an Android phone. I don't know what to do with this. And so I just spent some time digging into different menus, trying to solve the problem. But there's a level of pressure that you feel when you think that you are supposed to have all of the answers. The reality is that that is not your job. Your job's not to have all the answers. I think the most effective communications teams or really creative teams as a whole are just the ones who are a little bit more uh, determined to solve the problem than others. We'll, we'll do that one or two extra Google searches or we'll check that one other Facebook group. We just go a little bit farther in the tech support realm or in the problem solving realm. But you don't have to walk into a meeting with the answers. Without question, the relationships that were the most damaged that I've been around were damaged because the people involved felt like they needed to have all the answers. When you feel like you need to have all the answers, whatever your answer is, you're gonna defend to the death. And the reality is you may not be right. Holding these things a little bit more open-handed, even your approach to the way that you solve a problem, even if it's a problem in your space, listen to other people. Be willing to experiment. Be gracious if something doesn't work. All of those things combined, they, they give you this opportunity to say, I don't need to have all the answers. I can rely on a team here. Other people have good ideas. Other people are excellent communicators. Why not take advantage of the expertise that you have around you? Recognize that you don't need to have all the answers. Next here is ask for feedback. There's a humility that's required when you ask people for feedback. So often we set up the relationship as you come to us, we do our expertise, we get through your revisions, and then we give you a piece that we're not totally satisfied with. Why don't we say, hey, do you have any thoughts here? Hey, do you have any advice on this? What are your recommendations? How do you think we should handle such and such? I'm not saying give your job away, but I am saying invite other people into the process and ask for their feedback. The ministry leaders that you're serving alongside know a lot about what they're doing. The student ministries person knows about student ministries. They know about the challenges that the students in, in your church are facing. They know about the challenges that probably teens are facing across the country. They know trends. They know parent challenges. They know parents. They have conversations with parents. They know what their parents' goals are and desires are for their kids. They know a lot of the, the problems that are unique to this era of being a teenager as opposed to 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever. So you have this group of people that know so much about who you're trying to create a promotional piece for. Why would you not lean into that expertise? Ask for feedback. Next, participate in the ministry of your church. It's really hard for us to find time to participate in the ministry of our church because we feel like our job is to be you know, doing the things that we're doing, and that is participating in the ministry of the church, and we don't have a lot of margin. And I get it. But if there's a way for you to participate in the ministry of your church, you know, volunteer as a small group leader for students, serving kids ministry on the weekends, 
whatever it is that you have the ability to do, when we lean in and actually participate in ministry, there's just something different about the way that, that people see us. And that really helps our reputation. That changes the way that others around us view our ministry. And then finally, be proactive about serving. And, and I don't mean what I was just talking about, serving in the ministry of the church. I mean, view what you do as service. You're serving ministry leaders, but be proactive about it. Don't just sit at your desk and wait for somebody to come to you. You have a pretty good sense of what's coming in your calendar year. I can sit here and tell you from my, my last church, uh, Christmas was around Christmas time, not a surprise. Small groups launch around February because January is kind of like a dead month. And then we have summer camp happening in the summer. We talk about that late spring. Then we have fall kickoff. Another wave of small group launches happens. And then we have a fall carnival, Halloween type of an event. And then we're back at Christmas again. Those are just the, the major things that are coming. There's a lot of other stuff that happens in between. Okay, well, if I know that, why would I be sitting down at my desk knowing something's coming and not take the initiative to go to the ministry leader and say, hey, you know what? This fall carnival's coming. Anything I can do to be helpful? I've printed out some of the things that we did last year in case that's helpful for you as you're planning. Hey, here's a list of all the posters that you needed, the, the signage. Hey, this is how we invited people. Do you feel like that worked last year? Hey, this is the copy that we used. What do you think? You want to use the same copy or do you want to use new language? Hey, it was free last year. Still free? All of those kinds of things are us taking that first step and being proactive with the ministry leaders. When we do that, it's very clear to the ministry leader that we want their event and their ministry to be successful. And that is a major, major shift. The, the tension that often exists in this relationship is that there's a vying for power. That's what it feels like. The ministry leader needs to accomplish the ministry that they've been called to do, hired to do, tasked to do. But we want it to be done on our terms. We want the postcard to look our way. We want the website to look our way. We want the social post to look our way. And on some levels, yes, that is our job and our responsibility as creative ministry people. However, we can do that a lot more graciously than we do that. And, and a good barometer here, if you feel like you have a bad reputation, there's a chance that shifting your posture on these things that we just talked about, these will take you in the right direction. And if you have a good relationship, then you can probably go through this list and say, you know, I'm doing those things. Yeah, this is actually really helpful. Here's another one that I'll add to my list because I think that might, you know, that might be just a little bit more. That'll be helpful. Those are some things that I have done over the years. Again, you try them as you need them, but I really do recommend that you begin making some of these shifts in your ministry. When you start with prayer, all of these other things move beyond just surface behaviors or shallow acts. These are now really intentional decisions where you're partnering with the things that you're praying. You're asking for God to to shape your heart, to change your attitude. These behaviors work in that way alongside those prayers. And so that's how I would answer the question, how can I improve my communication ministry's reputation? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Healthy Creative Ministry Podcast. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes can help you build a healthy creative ministry in your church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co. 